Welcome everyone to Live from the Dutch Hall. I'm your host, Pete Van Dyke, coming to you live from Pine Grove, Ontario. Let's hear it. All right, thank you. There's my hot crowd. Tonight, we welcome back to, to the show our horribly injured bartender, Paul Van Dyke. Let's hear it for him. <laughs> Representing our house band, Nocturnal Emissions, we have Mike Bow on guitar. All right. And tonight's guest, singer, songwriter from Montreal, Quebec, by way of Toronto, Ireland, and Winnipeg, Milo McMahon. All right, everybody. And now, the world premiere of Milo McMahon's new song, Breeze, in support of the upcoming album, Gone Too Long. Here is Milo McMahon. Everybody, let's hit it. Theme song. crowds in the hot crowds in all right <laughs> welcome everyone live from dutch hall here today 
I'm your host, Pete Van Dyke, as I said earlier, and uh, we have got a great show lined up for you today. We are very lucky to have a person who's, uh, every once in a while, like last week, we had uh, the Iron Sheik, and you know, the Iron Sheik was the best, uh, the biggest guest we've ever had on Live from the Dutch Hall, and, uh, but we got Iron Sheik, to, truth be told, at kind of the tail end of his career, let's say. Um, we had him when he was probably on his way down. We, we didn't get Iron Sheik at the, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, the height of his fame, you know, like when he was that guy on the back of my wall there, you know. Coming we got Iron Sheik when he's, when he's kind of worn down a little bit and taking all comers. And Life in the Dutch Hall was allowed in to talk to him, right? <laughs> but this is a little bit of a different story. This, to, this week we get a, a guest who's kind of on the other way, on the way up. You know, at the be at the beginning of doing great things, you know, I, I think you probably have it within you, Milo, to be probably as great as the Iron Sheik. What do you think? What the, next, well, uh, the mean, next Iron Sheik of music? I don't know. I uh, you can only dream. Yeah, man can only dream. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I'm honored for you to not consider me on the way down yet. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a shame, eh, to be on the way down so soon. But I think that uh, no, we're very lucky to have you because uh, I have a feeling that in a few years you're you're not gonna uh, you're gonna be a little bit too big to do my show. <laughs> So, <laughs> it, anything's possible, but I I don't know. I'm pretty I'm pretty flattered to be here. Thanks a lot for inviting me. Oh no, it's a great honor, great honor to have you. So uh, today uh, we've had last week I think when we had the Iron Cheek program on, uh, we were without our bartender Paul Van Dyke, uh, and uh, Paul had uh, come up with the concept to introduce a new segment to the show called Drink of the Week. Right, Paul? Yeah. yeah. And uh, this week. Pardon? Since I'm the bartender, I might as well do something back here, right? Right, that's right. Now, last week you wanted to come up with a drink called the Camel Clutch, but you did not uh, show up. You uh, were horribly injured, <laughs> right? Yes, I was. And uh, so we missed you in the show. You were horribly injured. You can see by your hand it's uh, horribly uh, disfigured, <laughs> right? Yeah, it wasn't a smart move, right? Right, and then uh, a few days later, or uh, we got word that our... The great man from our, band, our house band, the Nocturnal Emissions, Mike Bow, you know, internet darling, Mike Bow is what I like to call him. Internet darling. Yeah. A big, a big uh, darling of social media posts a picture on Facebook of his, of his horribly, like, sliced open calf from yeah. a hockey incident, right? Yeah. Yeah, so within one week, with one week, two of my, my men, two of my crew were horribly disfigured, horribly injured, and uh, it leads some people to suspect maybe uh, foul play afoot, right? <laughs> I think so, too. Competing Norfolk podcasts. It, what? Competing Norfolk podcasts. Well, I, I do you one more. Down. The rumor mill is, is all a buzz in the, in the media world about live from the Dutch Hall's uh, people getting injured and some of the some of the people out there i think maybe uh, the the tmz's of the world you know the paparazzi those sorts of people uh i don't want them to start uh, speculating about what's happened here there's a lot of nasty rumors out there and i just want to set them i want to uh, squash the rumors or quell the rumors is that a word okay. quell squell squell squash and quell the rumors a lot of people say maybe this is a backlash from our feud that we began last week with uh, the host of WS Daily, Bill Walishka, and his goons there in Kingston. Sent a couple of his goons down to disfigure my men, right? And to, to that I say... They're vicious. Oh, I don't know if it's true or not. I know with my brother, that is probably a long shot that that happened, right? They infiltrated your rec hockey league seven yes. years ago. Did they Just do this could it, moment? Could it be a possibility that well, that was a tournament? No, Mike. It was a tournament. You're yeah. here in a tournament. Oh. Was there any teams teams from Kingston? Uh, I don't believe there was any teams from Kingston, but I don't know if there was 
there could have been a player from Kingston, a but, ringer maybe brought in. Was there one guy whose helmet was or whose hair was too greasy to wear a helmet, and he was running, skating around like Ron Dugay? Yeah, actually, uh, the helmet kept coming off. This one guy. That could be our guy. That could be Wilishka. So it, I mean, this it, it, it's a long shot. I'm just saying. I, I wanted to squell that rumor, but I I don't know if I have. I might add fire to Keep it. Keep it on the table. Yeah, I'm a, I might add a little bit of fire to it. So. All I got to tell you is uh, it, it's it's bad news. And they say these things come in three. We have two horrible injuries to my men. And the only man that's not here today is the uh, man that writes the music for the show, Dave Charters, the rooster. And uh, Dave, we had him on, on watch 24 hours around the clock to make sure that... Uh, He's okay, you know, because we don't want these anything to happen to no. to that. That's a, my holy trinity on the show. He's he's already doing enough damage to himself. So. Yeah, he needs a cheeseburger. But who's ever behind this? Whether it be Wilishka and his and his team of goons, or whether it just be God Himself that's frowning upon me for all of my irreverent uh, religious talk that I do on the show. Whatever it is, I wanted to tell you. Uh, just leave me alone. You know, like uh, it's not working. The people are still here. Yeah, we still made it. You still made it. You're not going to squash this Dutch hall. You're not going to. You're not going to be able to stop what we've started here. We're only going to be getting better and better. That's right. So, Paul, what, can you just tell me right now what this is right here? This is your drink of the week. This right. is a Mike's Irish Car Bomb. Mike's Irish Car Bomb. Yeah, but uh, it was a we veered from the real recipe uh, with lack of Guinness. Lack of getting was an Irish car bomb. It's fitting, you know. Milo McMahon is here today. So flattered that you guys would use that. Too. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we tried to. So honored. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we decided to do this uh, today, but we've we've uh, Dutch hauled it up because we didn't have the proper ingredients. What's in this? Uh, yeah, we got some whiskey and Bud Light. <laughs> whiskey and Bud Light. All right, let's hear it for nice the uh, mix. The old Cheers. Irish Cheers. car bomb. Cheers, everybody. Uh, ooh, that does taste terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> well, actually, it's like it's like kind of like whiskey light. Yeah, it's whiskey light. It, makes it just makes your it makes your nose still. Yeah. Did you? That's a real sell, or is that a fake uh, shot? No, no, it makes me like mad <laughs> at something. Yeah. Yeah, it is a bit of an angry there, shot. Yeah. Right on my tongue. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I don't know about a second one of those. I think I was just. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about a second oh, one of those. Right. <laughs> <laughs> only we can only go up from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great. You, you don't want to start set the bar too high, you know. So we we've let it. We let that go. It's a Norfolk car bomb. That's Norfolk right. car bomb. No political right. motivations or anything. It's just some guy being a jerk. Yeah, that's right. Like, we're not going to really car bomb a guy here in Norfolk County. Are you kidding me? You know, the most we're going to do is egg him, and then even that, even then, he will apologize after and wash his car. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, before with every week, we like to reach out to our listeners and try to get people to uh, become more engaged with my program here. We have a little segment we do every week called Feedback. We got feedback. We got feedback. Feedback. Welcome to Feedback. We got feedback, everybody. Today's episode of uh, Live from the Dutch Hall is brought to, our, brought to you by our proud sponsors at Rainy Media. You can contact them at www.rainymedia.com and see how Dean and his talented crew of storytellers can help you tell your story. So visit them at www.rainymedia.com. That's R-A-I-N-E-Y media.com. Also, uh, every week our podcast is always brought to you by our friends at Amazon and VG Meets. If you go to my website, livefromthedutchhall.com and click on the Amazon banner, anything that you buy on Amazon, they'll send me a few bucks back to help me... Um, replace mic cords and stuff that blow and, and stuff like that to help us keep us doing this. Be real helpful. 
And uh, thank you very much. I should be getting my first ever check from Amazon. I'm getting pretty excited about it, eh? Really? Yes. That is exciting. Yeah, I've tipped the scales over 100 bucks now. So uh, things are going real well. Over 100? Yeah, real well. Holy moly. Over 100 bucks, yeah. Eat that, everybody else who thought that banking was the place to be. Yeah. Once you, once you give everyone in here their cut, you're going to end up with like... 16 bucks in the back pocket. I think I might get a full. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not at least a, a 12 pack. I'm hoping a 12 pack out of it all. That's what I'm hoping. Just a little celebration for the crew and stuff. They do all this stuff for me. So, anyways, we're hoping that it's going to work out. Uh, also, uh, VG Meats always sponsor me every week and they put a, a coupon on there. You can either go to Stony Creek or Simcoe. If you go to my website, print off the coupon, you can get a great deal on some good meats from the good people at VG Meats. So, thank you very much to all of our sponsors. And now we get into feedback. This week, uh, we'd like to welcome new listeners. The, last week was a real uh, international week with the Iron Sheik. Eh? People uh, started listening from all over the world. We got, uh, I don't even know how to say this, P.I. P.I. Sancho, no? Poland? Well, the Poles keys Yeah, the Poland, Poland come on board. Eh? I didn't think we had the Poles before, but now we have the Polacks. Eh? Maybe that was because of the uh, uh, Ivan Putsky references. Ah, it could be Ivan Putsky himself, yeah. Polish power. Anyways, we also have Salem, Massachusetts, Honolulu, Hawaii, Fremont, California, uh, Bejimini, no, <laughs> Bem, my, Jidni, I don't even know how to Are say it. Are you allowed to say that? That's a swear word, I think. <laughs> Minnesota. And we got Lindsay, Ontario, Blacktown, New South Wales, Australia, and Prague, Czechoslovakia. Very wow. international week. Let's thanks that for all our diverse. new listeners. Yeah. That is diverse. <laughs> yeah. I think that's our booking agent in Lindsay, Ontario. Today. Is it? I think so. Oh, I got a big. I got a big following, Lindsay. Lindsay, they love you. Eh? Yeah, I'm big. I'm huge in Lindsay. It's because of our great shareholder, Jeff Kemp, is a guy. Is he's? He, I know you don't know him. He's known to nobody, except for <laughs> this show. He was the first. <laughs> he was the first man ever to uh, donate money by PayPal. He went on PayPal and gave me twenty five dollars. Nice. And he's been uh, on his soapbox ever since. And he's not really from Lindsay. Works there, but he. Uh, he lives just outside of there, but he he's he's on his soapbox since just telling us all that uh, my listeners are a bunch of cheap bastards is what he oh it was uh, his words not mine his words not mine you know there's a bit of feedback yeah it is <laughs> really I really challenged him and I'll tell you since the challenge that Jeff Kemp put out to the rest of my listeners and viewers on YouTube uh, we've had zero people donate. <laughs> Still trying though. <laughs> yeah, we had zero people donate. Honey, yeah, honey, we more honey gets all these. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. I think his his, his uh, approach was a little bit too aggressive, eh? But <laughs> real straightforward. Yeah, is yeah. it too aggressive? So, anyways, we'll we'll have to try to work on that. We like to inter, uh, to uh, recognize our supporter of the week. We used to call it the listener of the week, but now that we're on YouTube, we have to call it the supporter of the week. Um, and this week's supporter of the week. Which is actually a listener of the week because she listens is Julie Franklin. Let's oh, hear it for Julie right. Franklin. Julie. All right. Hey, Julie. Yes. Now Julie listens. Uh, she works at Cami Automotive. She listens on the line, and uh, she uh, s spoke to me on the weekend at a function, and she said that she uh, was at the end of a long shift, and she said thank you for the chic episode because it kept me awake at the end of a long shift, and people in my uh, department or whatever right. uh, were. Uh, 
asking me what I was laughing at all the time. Oh, really? And she says, you got to listen to this. You got to listen to this. And uh, she's still trying to sell the show to those people who just won't have anything to do with it. Her team doesn't want anything to do with <laughs> it. They don't want anything to do with it. No, no. But <laughs> she, they're watching her laugh. So eventually, they're going to be curious enough to listen to my show. So we're putting a smile on her face in there. Yeah. Well, that's what I, that's why she's listening to the weekend. She has been a, a, a very avid listener since the beginning. And she's given me feedback since the or from time to time over the last uh, year and a half or so since we've been doing this. So That's awesome. Thanks again to Julie Franklin, listener of the week. All right, Julie. Bye, Julie. All right. So we got everything out of the way for feedback. The only thing that we do every week that uh, we won't really have, a, th- th- we're going to let a little bit of the cat out of the bag. This show is not done on Thursday, which is when we normally do our shows. We're doing this on Tuesday because Milo's doing a show in Simcoe tonight. Oh, and it worked out that we were able to, uh, to do this, uh, to have Milo in. So, uh, the Haitian Dwarf is a listener of ours that's been, since uh, episode one, he's listened to our program, and uh, he usually gives us feedback every week, and this week, uh, we didn't have the time. I'm sure he's writing it, but he usually writes it on Wednesday or something, and uh, so we don't have actual uh, feedback from the Haitian Dwarf. We should probably theme song a bit. Yeah, let's hear it. There he is. We'll still honor him, right? Oh, there we go. Hi ho, hi ho. We'll have to. There's a little sneaker in there, Dean. I don't know if I let if if you got that one word in there. You can keep it. We'll see how this goes. If it's clean or not. I don't know how what kind of guy you are. If this is gonna get clean or dirty. Earlier, I tweeted. I'm going on a podcast later. I'm excited because I think I can curse. <laughs> well, I wasn't sure. Yeah, I am that way every week. I I'm excited to come out here too because I think I can curse, and then some <laughs> weeks I get screwed up. I don't know if I'm allowed to or not. I think we're okay though. I think we're okay. You just let it go. You leave it up to the masters of of uh, of censoring and and bleeping and all that stuff. Yeah. They'll take good care of us. Okay, we cool. can say anything you want. You want to throw one out? That you though. <laughs> Uh, well, no, because the audio show, you can say whatever you want. Oh, YouTube. Yeah, it's YouTube more oh. that we get a little bit, st- we, we, we were a bit more careful on it. Oh. Just, uh, I don't, just because, just because. Well, look, I'll, I'll do everything I can not to fuck up your show. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> well you. played. Yeah, yeah. Well played. Thank you. <laughs> well, I, I think natural, I think natural language is what's key though. Like whatever, I just, I just think if, if an F word slips out because you would normally say an F word in that situation, the F word's used properly, then it should be used. Like I have a niece of mine who is a terrific swearer. Now, she's only in high school. She's too young to be swearing, you know? But she's very good at it, you know? So when she's swearing, you just know, don't, you don't even notice it in conversation. She, yeah. She's just trying it out, eh? Like yeah. a high school kid. She just tries it out in conversation, <laughs> throwing an odd swear word. And you're like, you used it perfectly. I, don't, I have a hard time giving you trouble for it. Because that is the appropriate use of that word, you know? So it's, I don't really have a problem with swearing at all. It's going to be tough for me, you know, when your kids come up to you and they... They say like you know that uh, how was uh, school today and they're like yeah it was good but my teacher just fucked or whatever you know like I, I would say probably like ah I get that you know and it's, yeah. that is the appropriate use of the word you know yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I know your teacher and then your teacher is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Explain that nicely. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know oh, another word you can use to s- describe that you know. Other than uh, that, yeah. anyway. Freaking heck, that's funny. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> freaking heck. All right, so. Um, we still got our show going. That's good. So anyways, the Haitian Dwarf didn't give us feedback this week. So I was just, I brought him up because I like to always pay tribute to him. But I wanted to ask you a question. I wanted to ask you a question, Milo, because we have you here today. Do I know any Haitian Dwarves? Well, that's number one. But I was going to ask you more. The uh, Do you have any, uh, you, you ask your fans for uh, feedback, right? All the time. All the time, right? And it's yeah. important, right? In today's world, if you want to promote your product, you have to you form a relationship with your audience, exactly. right? Exactly. 
And so do you ever have people that respond to you using a fake alias or something that people would question their even their existence? Like my, my, my this Haitian dwarf, he's been with me since the beginning. I've got uh, listeners of the show and people that watch the show who are up in arms angry that he's that he's fake oh they think you oh they think you're a fraud they think you're making it up or somebody else is making it up they think he's made up Uh, they think the whole thing is made up and they think that uh that this haitian dwarf is not haitian and not a dwarf and some will question if he's even a listener of the show or just something that i write every week oh my god like he could be a tall norwegian is what they say (laughs) yes exactly well well i mean i do you ever that's a thing i don't know when you get a, I you, don't know if they're fake because it's it's all on the internet, you know. Yeah. People who come up and shake my hand, like we walked down the street today, nice man came up, shook my hand, Milo McMahon, looking forward to seeing you tonight. I was like, oh god, not again. I'm just trying to get a goddamn cuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can hardly move around here. Yeah. Barely even made it through move the around thing. the streets of Simcoe. Yeah. Man, it's insane. Even in. Po- <laughs> Even in Pine Grove, we had to have us three escort you in to get you away from the adorning family. You can barely even get in the driveway. It's like, isn't this a little early for the St. Patrick's Day parade? Yeah. yeah. It's just Milo McMahon's McMahon's walking to McDonald's. Oh, it's a big deal. The last guy we had into town that was of your stature, I think, was, uh, uh, geez, who have we had? The the Haitian dwarf? He has never been into in Norfolk County, is that as far as I'm concerned. I don't think we've ever seen him. No. We've been trying oh. to get him. Oh, so, so it's a bit of a mystery to you guys, too. Yeah. yeah, it is. I mean, you can't conclusively say. I can't say if he, he's neither yeah. here nor there. You, know. you got to shake his hand. But yeah, I have to eventually meet him and have my picture taken with him, throw him against a Velcro wall, and then people will believe me. <laughs> and only then. I'd say we should pay for him to fly in, but... You know, yeah, how, many Amazon, Am- how many Amazon coupons is that going to take? A lot. Well, maybe that, maybe if we had it, if we had it, and we could get more PayPal donations, if we really uh, had the Haitian dwarf step up yeah, and say, totally. with so much, I would come, because then all of maybe the haters and doubters could yeah, come. Maybe we on could board. auction like a chance to meet the Haitian dwarf. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Done. I'll write it down. Great ideas. Great. Yeah, ideas. This is why we had you in a nocturnal yep. emissions. That's the other thing I want to talk to you about, Milo. Is that. Dave Charters is the man that writes music for the show. I know you don't know him, but he's a legend in uh, music writing for podcasts that are not very popular. <laughs> and, uh, he's a legend. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, Charters isn't here today, but uh, we had you sit in for the Nocturnal Emissions. You're the first person ever to sit in oh, on that the super group. Yeah, oh, the yeah. Theme song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was flattered. I mean, when he was going EG, EG, I was like, I think I know what's it's going on. Crazy. But then he went up to the A, and I was like, yeah, that's Dave. You gotta know, your, Dave own, you gotta know right? your own limits. Yeah, yeah charters will blow your mind yeah. if you pay attention. You keep watching the show, you're gonna see what he does. You should hear the, ba- the banker story with Pete Jangle he put in. It tells my whole life story. It really in, gets in wild. 15 seconds. That's the kind of genius we're talking about here. Anyways, anyways. So that is uh, we, that is feedback. We got feedback for this week. Very nice. Thank you very much for listening. Tonight's guest. <laughs> are you ready? <laughs> Tonight's guest is here to promote his new EP, Gone Too Long, which is the follow-up to his debut full-length album, Big City Hustle. This marks the biggest step forward for the 27-year-old singer and guitarist since he started recording music in 2007. Produced in conjunction with Dave Neufeld from Broken Social Scene. Way to go. That's a big guy. Thank you. Uh, McMahon has truly established his own voice and sound, bringing this record to life with help from members of Montreal's Sons and Blood and Glass, He's a native of Winnipeg, Canada, and has spent his formative years in Ireland, uh, and now is settled in Montreal. 
McMahon's regular touring schedule has resulted in an inspiring, high-energy live show. Please welcome tonight our very special guest, Milo McMahon. All right. All right, there we go. I even got the effects in there. All right. So Milo, I, when I started looking into you, I have to admit, because of the amount of stuff that's on the internet nowadays and stuff like that, it's hard to, I didn't know, I hadn't really, wasn't really familiar with what you were doing, to be honest with you. Where, what rock have you been living under? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then I, we watched it and I actually sent the, I, I asked Mike, can you please look at his website and listen to his music and tell me what you think? Because Mike's the front man of the great band Crown of Lion. I don't know if you know that. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've heard of them. When yeah. I was oh, yeah, <laughs> and their EP Small Town Breakdown. It was the band that took Norfolk by storm. I don't know if you know that. That was the Crown of the Lion. They're right on the wall right there. That's them. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're Nice right. image. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Good font. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. For the really dug deep Staples. There. Staples. <laughs> They're great. They didn't even pay me. I just gave them the plug, right? Uh, so anyways, I, I looked into it, and the music is great. Yeah, you're really good. Like, oh, the, thanks, so, yeah. and, and it's like, what's nice is that um, you're young, and I'm old, right? Like, right. I'm like older, like kind of gross old. And uh, when you, when like I always thought, my prejudice against the young people right. is that uh, they've given up on rock music. And with, uh, <laughs> with, and with you coming out, and it's, it's, sounded very familiar to me like it sounded like it had the same roots of the stuff that i grew up listening to and yep. kind of had the same sort of uh you know melodies and and stuff that you know was the kind of music that i like so yeah. it was really easy for me to like you because it's the same music that i like it's kind of interesting the the more outside of big cities that, that we go the more we get that kind of response is that know? right yeah because i mean you find in big cities people really want to be really progressive and they, you know, you've got to be doing something completely different, and have a, someone playing the harp upside down with their toes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? For it to be like, oh yeah, they're doing something really cool. A lot of what I'm into is like is is rock and roll, Neil Young, Beatles, you know, Velvet Underground, like a lot of classic rock. There's also a lot of Radiohead and and, and modern influences <laughs> and stuff like that, and then guitar stuff like Jimi Hendrix and John Frusciante, and so yeah. so. But but there's the more, like I said, the more we go to the countryside. You know, or just outside of the big cities. More people are like, that's what I like. That's what I've always liked. Yes. And you're doing it, but you have a different, you know, I'm obviously telling my own stories. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so that's not the first time I've heard that. <clears throat> so you grew up in Winnipeg, right? You were born in Winnipeg? Actually, I was born in Ireland. I moved to Winnipeg when I was one. Oh, okay. So I was just like something different, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you're getting sick <laughs> of it. Let's get a little, yeah. a little change of scenery. Uh, and then I uh, lived in Winnipeg till I was 11. So I, I grew up, for all intents and purposes, a Winnipeg kid. Right. Um, but I, I had gone back to Ireland for summers and stuff. And then all of a sudden, when I was 11, my mom was like, you know that place we've been going and visiting, Ireland? Well, we're moving back there. Oh. So then it was like, all of a sudden, I'm an 11-year-old kid living in this small town south of Dublin. And like, I go to school and like, you know, in Winnipeg, school was very like progressive and you you weren't even allowed to make fun of any kids in Winnipeg, you know, because it was just, you know, it was all so progressive. We could wear whatever clothes we wanted, whatever. All of a sudden, you're in Ireland, and it's like you gotta wear. You're like 11 years old. You gotta wear a shirt and tie and the right brown shoes, and mm. you go into this school that's got no playground and just like no grass. Really? Yeah. And this is a country school too. This so, th well, this was in a town in, oh, like, yeah. in, in in a small town in Ireland, not right. that small, but yeah, called Bray. 
So was that also a, a culture shock for you? Not just to mention the fact that you're going from Canada to Ireland, but also from a big, like a bigger city like Winnipeg to yeah, a small Yeah, town? yeah, exactly. That was that was different too. And then just Irish culture is like completely different. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's they have nothing in common. But hockey dictated my life. You know, I was a Winnipeg Jets fan. You know, yeah, yeah. Timu Solani. I did t- I've, I've still gotten. I still have a handwritten note from Timu Solani. Do you really? On orange construction paper. Yeah, Chris King, the captain of the Jets at the time, his daughter went to my elementary school. Oh, Chris. Really? And, yeah. and, and I mean, this is a testament to like what somebody. If you just ask for something, like I went to the the, the kindergarten teacher, and I said, "Here's a note that I've written for Timu Solani," and her she had a kid in her class, right? Whose dad was the captain of the Jets, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the only connection. Right, right. I gave her the note. She gave it to Chris King. He gave it to Timu. Timu read the note. He wrote me a note in response. Right. Gave it to Chris King. Chris King brought it back to the school, gave it to that teacher. That teacher gave it to me. 11-year-old kid. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. What did it say? Stop writing me, kid? <laughs> no? <laughs> said to Milo. Um... Thanks for your kind letter and all my best, Timu Solani, number 13. Oh, yeah. Gosh. That's nice. It was just a nice thing. I mean, he was probably, you know, 21 maybe at the time. Oh, yeah, and scoring 70 goals. 70, 76 goals. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> so that was a culture shock. Moved to Ireland, there was like, there was no ice. Right. It was just like, there was, there was some frost on the grass. So it was a more of a soccer days. culture for sure, right? Yeah. Did you get into that? Well, I, I had been playing soccer in the summers in Winnipeg. In Winnipeg, it's hockey and then soccer, okay. you know? It's yeah. like six months of each. And then, uh, you know, I so I'm like, oh, soccer, I can play soccer. And then it's like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, no. you'd swear to God you're literally playing for Manchester United. Oh, yeah, the serious, like, the intensity level at age 11. Right, right. I mean, we had managers and assistant managers and assistants to the assistant managers <clears throat> on this, like, local soccer team. And it was like the competition was so fierce to get to even be a sub right, for the right. games. I mean, yeah. it was crazy. Yeah. And these grown men shouting at you because you're not running hard enough. You know, in Winnipeg, it was like, let's all do the best we can and eat slices of oranges at halftime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gatorade gum. Exactly. Yeah, whereas uh, in, if you were to be playing hockey in Ireland, let's say, in the one arena they have, in some, in, you know, then you'd be probably the same way. You know, you guys would be goofing around, playing hockey, just trying to get ice exactly. time. Exactly. And then you come over here and they'd be like, what? These guys are like mil- like militant about it. You exactly. Know? And there was one rink in Dublin. My mom brought yeah. me to it and I played and they asked me to join the, the men's junior hockey team, the Irish men's junior hockey team. And oh, yeah. I was 12. <laughs> but it was a case of like once every month we would drive up to Belfast where they had an actual rink okay. and practice like once a month and then do one tournament a year. And I was like, this is just... It's yeah. not worth it. That's know? why they're not in the Olympics for hockey, Ireland, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Because yeah. they're recruiting 11-year-olds to play on the senior men's team. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that was a real culture shock. Then I got into basketball, actually, and then won a national championship doing that. Oh, yeah? Did you did you grow up, uh, just to switch gears a little bit, yeah, yeah. did you grow up in a musical household when you were a kid? No, um, there wasn't much um, music being played. Like, my parents didn't play any instruments, but my mom was like a huge Beatles fan. Oh, yeah. She saw the Beatles three or four times. Really? Which really? not a lot of people can say. Yeah, she saw them in Vancouver twice and in Portland, Oregon once. She grew up in Vancouver. Oh, yeah. Which is like unbelievable. But, you know, she couldn't, you, you didn't hear anything. It was just like Paul would start talking and everyone would be like, shh, shh. And he'd be like, okay, this next number we're going to play is called uh, She uh, Loves You. She Loves You. And then it's just, ah! 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't hear anything. You can just watch them over the screams, you know? Yeah, the PA was just not loud enough for how much the screaming was. So, so you, my mom even the Beatles, so they couldn't hear it, eh? Yeah, the even, guys on stage couldn't hear it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so that was kind of cool stories like that. And then, and then my dad um, would play a lot of Neil Young in in the car. That was like Neil came back his big resurgence with Harvest Moon. Right, right. So we'd listen to that record, and his two favorite records were that were Harvest Moon. And appetite for destruction. Oh yeah, those were the nice two balance. like things that. So when I'm like 12 years old, it's one or the other on the tape machine. You know? Yeah, <laughs> sweet child of mine is my dad's favorite song. So that was kind of cool. And his brother was a famous uh, accordion player in Ireland, still is. Oh yeah, and has played with you know the Dubliners and like all these like big Irish bands and toured the world and stuff. So I re- I, I read somewhere that you started a young age playing tambourine in a in your brother's band. Is yeah, that, or was a that or, was the first time I like got on stage. My right. brother was uh, 20, 12 years older than me. So when I was about 11, I it was like just before I moved to Ireland, my brother was doing a show. He was probably 22, and he brought me on stage, and I played tambourine. And I remember the drummer. Oh, my God. So funny. Right before I'm about to go on, the drummer turns to me. He goes, hey, just keep it simple, all right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're showing? Don't get one? too busy on the tambourine. <laughs> yeah. Twenty-two-year-old guy just shooting down this eleven-year-old yeah. before he starts. I'm like, okay, I think I got this. Did you hey, start hey, out hey. with a really wicked tambourine solo? Yeah, like what yeah. am I gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> we saw the Foo Fighters do a triangle solo yeah, the did. one time, oh, that's and it, that was great. And they played it like a, the acoustic set, and the one guy played a triangle solo the whole time. It was yeah. actually kicked. It was uh, great. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's funny. To be able to make music from where you don't see it, like you don't really see it coming, that yeah. was the, the really a real nice treat. And to make something which is always used as a punchline as a joke, right. yeah, an yeah. actual instrument like yeah. that, that's great. Yeah, yeah. and it really and it got the crowd going. Like the crowd, he really knew how to. He got into <laughs> it like at the around. end. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was it Grohl who was playing the triangle? No, I think it was. Uh, I think it actually might. I don't know who was it was. Danny Clinch. I can't remember anymore I forget. Who, who it was. It was a number of years ago yeah. now. Cool. I can't. It wasn't Grohl though. It was someone from no. the band. But yeah, I, he was playing like the the. Uh, all the little percussion, like the egg and yeah, yeah. all those sorts of things in the background. Sounds like yeah, fun. That's pretty neat. So when you go over to Ireland, you you played in a band in Ireland though, right? That's right, yeah. And uh, would you notice then when you start, what was the name of that band? The Popular Front. The Popular Front? I mean, you, were you the lead in that? Yeah, you know, I was. I would probably sing 60% of the songs. It was kind of like I had a best friend and we, we just wanted to play guitar. We both just wanted to be like John Frusciante in high school. Right, right. So we, you know, one day I heard him playing Under the Bridge and I was like, hey, I know how to play Scar Tissue. And we showed each other the songs, you know. Cool. And, and then we were like, let's let's do that. <clears throat> like, let's play together like Flea and John do. So we did that, and then one day we realized, like, if we're going to do any shows, we got to sing something. Right, right. So I, I was never, I never had any ambition to be a singer. It was all about playing guitar for me. Oh, and yeah? then we started this band, and I had to sing. I'm like, all right, I'll sing, but I'll, only half of them. You got to sing the other half. And then we both kind of, that, that's what pushed us out of it. And started playing shows at when I was like 18, and then when I was like 20, we won the Battle of the Bands at our university. Oh, yeah. So then all of a sudden it was like 20,000 people in the, uh, in the university and there's posters for us all over the place and we were given these opportunities to open for all the big really all the big irish bands that would come play the student bar oh yeah yeah. and the student bar is like i mean you know it can be tough these days you know say you're playing toronto to pull people out to a bar to come see you but in that atmosphere it was like student bar kids were going there anyway yeah we're always going there so we were playing in front of four or five hundred people like regularly like every two weeks or so and getting paid by the university so that's what that's where i really got bitten by the bug Mm -hmm. because then you couldn't know that you could actually 
get a few bucks in your pocket and you could actually start exactly like, seeing it more like work. Yeah. And we got enough money then to come over to uh, Canada and do a tour. We went from Winnipeg to Vancouver and back. Oh, really? And these guys, we were 21. These guys had never been in North America before. And oh, all yeah? of a sudden we're touring. We played the Railway Club in Vancouver. We played Sled Island Festival in Calgary. We got a bunch of like good gigs. Yeah, cool. Do you notice the difference with the people? Like when you go to play a gig, say in Ireland, or you go to play a gig in, uh, in Canada, would there be a difference as far as the respect that you're shown as a musician? Um, like uh, you know, in you Ireland. Notice the- that, you notice that even between Montreal and Toronto. You know? Oh, really? It depends on the crowd then? Yeah, it depends on the crowd because, like, you know, take Montreal and Toronto. We find the shows we do in Montreal, you get a lot more people sitting or maybe standing, but like, they're like, this is going to be a good artistic show. Like, I want to see what these guys are doing and, and really pay attention to it. Whereas in Toronto, it's usually more like, all right, I left the house. I'm working tomorrow. This is a night off. Let's go out. Let's have fun. I want to see these people. Like there's really? there's everything like everything you do in Toronto. I've lived in both cities for three years now. Everything you do in Toronto is much more like you make a choice that you're gonna go do this thing, and and it's like things are almost more regimented. Not for everybody, right? And they're actually they're probably doing ten things at once when they're there. Like they yeah. got to meet with their friends and get to do this exactly. Thing. And there's just so much going on. There's so much competition for your right. time. Right. You yeah, know? yeah. So you know, in Montreal, that's a little bit less so, and there's a little bit more emphasis on just sitting down and listening to the music. So, but but that's not to say the Toronto the Montreal shows are better necessarily because sometimes it's just fun to go and have a bunch of people that just want to party. Yeah. Right, right, right. So that was like the last show we did in Toronto was like that, and it was great. And they go to Montreal, and it's like a totally different set. But it's also awesome. But we're going to Europe in the fall. So I haven't toured Europe as, as my solo project yet. So, you know, we're the, the music is at a much higher level than what I was doing when I was 19, 20 with, with, with the Popular Front. So right. we'll have a much better idea when we go there in the fall and we do shows. Cool. Oops. Sorry. Oh, it's the Haitian Dwarf. That's yeah, Haitian Dwarf. You must have heard we were talking about him. Hey, I have a question. You know, when I was in Ireland, I went there only for four days. Okay, so my experience in Ireland is a lot less than yours. I was going to school in England, and I went over to Ireland, right? And uh, I learned on the train ride over, or the ferry ride over, I, I sat with an Irish guy, okay. and we learned a song called The Rooster. Do you know The Rooster? Have you ever heard of it? Uh, there was a chicken, no eggs would she lay. There was a chicken, no eggs would she lay. The wife says, honey, it sure is funny. You're losing money, no eggs would she lay. But then the rooster came into our yard and he caught that chicken right off. Of, you know, it goes like that. And then, you know, then there's What happens a, between the rooster and the chicken? She's laying eggs now, <laughs> like she never did now. Right? Ever since that rooster came into our yard. And then there's a moo cow. There was a moo cow. Okay. No milk would she give, right? There was a moo cow. No milk would she give. The wife says, honey, you know, same thing. But then the rooster, the rooster banged the cow too, right? <laughs> and then the cow's laying eggs now and all this stuff. Anyway, I learned, I learned that, you know, I learned that song on the train and I loved it. I thought it was a great song. And I was like, I was really excited to learn a good Irish, you know, song you could sing in the bars. Yeah. And so we went to Temple Bar and we went and started, I started bringing up, hey, you guys know the rooster? Because they're all singing um, songs at the bar, you know, all the, yeah, the arms around each other, traditional Irish stuff. And I go, what about the rooster? And they're like, that's a funeral song. You don't sing it at the bar, you know, it's a funeral song. And uh, I said, what do you mean it's a funeral song? The chicken's having sex with a cow and they're laying eggs and all. It's just, it's a fun song. It's not something you sing at a funeral, you know, but they said it was a full pot singing in the bar. They said, you sing that on a, on like a, at a wake. At a wake. Yeah. It's about new beginnings. Maybe, maybe. 
Maybe you're married to a to a chicken, and then all of a sudden the chicken passes away, and you think a nice moo cow. Oh right? my god, I don't. The last one was uh, I didn't even understand what the third the third verse in that song. There was an animal that I don't even know what what it was, but the chicken, uh, but it was laying eggs by the end of it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Whatever it was. Whatever that animal was, some Irish animal that I didn't know what it was. It was like I asked the guy to repeat it a hundred times. Like there was a nerf nerf, and then I didn't know what the hell he was saying, you know. But then, anyhow. I didn't know if you heard that song. I, no, I've never heard of that one. But we've done a couple of traditional Irish songs on tour. I like to bring in that that sort of vibe. Oh yeah. Yeah, because it's something a little different that not not every band touring around is doing. Yeah, yeah. So I got one song I do, which is totally a cappella. There's no music at all, oh, yeah. and it's it's almost like a slam poem. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's like it's got a melody, and so I'll do that one. I'll probably do that one tonight. Oh yeah. Uh, which is which is two nights ago. To our listeners, <laughs> right, yeah, right, right, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, like, uh, I have a question then. So, when you come, you you come over to Canada. Then you we were in a band. Yeah. You're in Ireland in a band, and now you're a solo project, right? Yeah. yeah. So, was that difficult for you to make the transition from being part of a collective group to then being like, uh, well, your name's on it, so you pretty much have to act as the dictator, don't you? Well, yeah, that was really weird. Yeah, that was difficult. I mean, I kind of thought. I was a big fan of Broken Social Scene and Arcade Fire and all these Canadian bands that were coming over and touring. And this is like, you know, early, mid-2000s. And so I kind of got this idea. And I and I flew, I like talked my way backstage because I had a Canadian accent. Mm. So I managed to actually get backstage and meet all these bands just by virtue of having an accent. And I mean, literally, like, I, I, I got to know the venues because we would play some of these venues. Right, right. And I would know where the backstage door was. And there, there, there would be the password to get in the door, and I remembered it from doing the show like the week before or something. And then you walk into, you know, I don't know, Broken Social Scene or Metrics Dressing Room, yeah, yeah. and you just, and then you're like, what do you do? You just gotta pretend like you're supposed to be there. <laughs> where did I, where did I put those, uh, those uh, <laughs> towels? Yeah. God. Anyways, did you? <laughs> yeah. Is that so how you met all these bands? Yeah. Is that um, how you got connected with Dave Newfeld? Or, um, actually, in Newfeld, I, I. Uh, I might have met him on one of those occasions and and not really known it, but uh, I met him at a at a, at a, a a panel discussion he did about getting funding for from the government and such for projects, and I talked to him and he was very approachable and he had actually been working with a friend's band from Ireland who had just come over, so he mentioned during the talk he was working with some Irish band I said who was in and we were friends and whatever gave me his email address. Kept in touch, and I said, "Well, look, if I ever get this funding, because it's expensive to work with somebody like that, you know, you can't just yeah, yeah, you're not, you're not just going to pay that cash out of your own pocket." So, um, so I just kept applying for these grants and, and putting new material in again and again, and then eventually last year I got some funding. So I emailed him, and he was like, "Let's do it." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he's got a studio that's like a church converted into a oh really studio right yeah, in Montreal. Yeah. No, it's actually between Montreal and uh, Toronto, okay. so it's like yeah, along the four hundred one there. Oh yeah, and it was just yeah, it's really cool and. So again, another example where you the this stuff is a lot of good stuff is being made outside of the big centers, right? Like you exactly. don't really need to be. No, you don't necessarily need to be. There are a lot of advantages to being in Montreal, though. I'm surrounded by sure. people yeah. who are doing really high quality stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm inspired by it. And two of the guests that you mentioned, Soons and uh, Blood and Glass, they're just. I mean, they came in and and Joe, who plays in Soons, played lead guitar and uh, and did backing vocals on the on the record. And Lisa from Blood and Glass did backing vocals as well. But I mean, those guys are touring like especially Soons. They're over in Europe doing big big shows, and they're you know really successful Montreal band. To have somebody like that able to come in is, you know, an honor, and you might not get that if you're playing in 
you know, Norfolk. Right. <laughs> Not yeah. that there's anything wrong with Norfolk. Yeah. But yeah. I'm just saying that there are right. unique opportunities that come up. Yeah, you get Jerry example. Dodd in Norfolk. Jerry Dodd. You know him? He's, he played on base, Cat Scratch Fever Cat, with Ted Nugent. He did. He lives in Port Dover, Ontario. That's awesome. I think it's Jerry Dodd. You know him? No one knows Jerry Dodd? No, but that's just, I mean, they, that's more of a function of that, you know, what it was. I threw just, you off with Jerry Dodd. Catch Grass Fever is a great song. <laughs> what? Does he play a mean harmonica? No, I think he is a guitar player uh, playing with Nuge. I think he even played with uh, Journey. I think he's got some credits with Journey, oh, wow. too. Wow, I guess the moral of the story is there. He's right there. Oh, so, uh, and then we have um, Rick Danko. Yeah. You can't deny Rick Danko's great. Where's Danko? Let's go get him in here. Well, oh. he's dead. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. Yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> That's right. It's unfortunate. <laughs> oh my god. He's very dead. I forgot that. Yeah, oh, but he used sad. to live right down the road from me. Like really like I could When you drive back to Simcoe, you'll, video. you'll see a, a picture of him sign. on the road, yeah. I watched a video of him like the other day and I must have just thought like, oh, it's still alive. It would be great if he was still alive, oh, yeah, but no. Right. He died. That's embarrassing. They're almost all dead now. Uh I think the band. I think well, Robbie Robertson's still alive and Garth is still alive, I think. Yeah. Um but I think that's it. Most of the rest, Le- Levon's dead, and yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, so that that's a real downer. Did I bring that up, or did I, you bring that? up? I mentioned you mentioned Rick, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, I, but I mentioned you mentioned that his he death. was still alive because <laughs> you were you said you should get these guys to play on your record. Yeah, why don't you get Rick to pos- posthumously come in? So I have the other thing I want to talk to you about, which is the other interesting side of the story. Like there's there's obviously your music career that's interesting, but to me the other side that's interesting is the tree planting side of it, right? Because um, uh, number one, you don't hear a lot of uh, a musician singer songwriters who do most of the writing planting trees in really remote uh, spots yeah so and i used to tree plant myself actually you know i listened to the podcast with you and tanya talking about it oh did you from culture rodeo oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh yeah i mean so you know what it's all about so did you have you if you you planted like there's one video you have on youtube that i watched so i thought was really awesome it was the Ah, uh, shoot, I should have wrote it down. But it was the tree planting one where you helicopter into the... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Mirror is the name of that song. Yeah. The Mirror? Yeah, yeah. It's Yeah, great song. And then and the video is super cool because uh, it, it just brought me right back, you know, except for I didn't get flown in by a helicopter. But where was that? <laughs> was that a... Yeah, you know, when I saw you flying around in that helicopter, it really reminded me of trudging through the mud up to my <laughs> knees. Yeah, we took a just... truck and then killed rabbits. That's all we did. Oh, God. But uh, we, by accident, mostly... Um, Mostly. <laughs> but you do start to lose your mind in the bush, don't you find? You start to lose your mind a little bit. You know, a lot of that stuff happens at, at early on. Right. If you can make it through the first three or four seasons and, and get better, then then you, you become golden. You better know? at uh, dealing or better at Better planting? at tree planting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The de- tree plant you're, like becomes a point where your happiness is directly connected to the per second average tree number or how many seconds it's taking you per tree in yeah. other words if it's taking you three three and a half seconds per tree you're like okay but if you're getting them in in two and a half seconds then you're happy that's you, like a weird feeling to have yeah I know your you happiness is directly connected to how smooth these things are <clears throat> yeah. going on the ground once you get to that point you don't really have time to worry about all those other things like uh you know isn't the, it lonely out here oh i wish there was internet you're just your mind is just working like a it's just a database that's like adding up these numbers right 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 it's just a money grab yeah 
Well, yeah, and ours, I, I never seen people get so angry about the ground they were given, you know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So, like, in the morning, you get your, they, this is your plot, yeah, and yeah. they'd always give the best one to the best planter, you know, and then kind of move down the list. So, yeah. if you did a good job the day before, and you're getting a piece of ground, you look at it, and you don't like it, like, yeah. you get really angry about it. Yeah. Like, at least my crew did, and yeah. I, I we, we came to blows. Like, it was like a real... <laughs> It was a real big deal when you'd like plant into another guy's cream. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Because the softer land is called cream. Yeah, and yeah. And then if you go and take somebody else's cream, you're creaming them out. Yeah, so yeah. It's just like, man, that Ryan, that Kyle. Yeah, yeah. John, cream me out. Oh, I had a God guy. damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just was following my furrow. They make these furrows. In the, oh, yeah. And so I was just following my furrow head down, just, you know, in a, not even paying attention. And I had gone probably halfway into this other guy's um, <laughs> piece. piece. Yeah. And he came flying at me. He was not too happy about it, eh? And then I was just like, you know, I didn't do it on purpose. It was just a It's the scarifying mistake. machine, man. It's not your fault. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it was Camelot's King to Blows. It was one of my uh, <laughs> least proud moments. But you, you kind of do lose your... Fa- you, you have bugs over, all over... Like, we went in the springtime in northern Ontario. So, like, the, you have bugs all over you all the time, you know? And we have our, our you know, like, duct tape wrists and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. I noticed in your video, you showed the one scene where you had all the dragonflies all over yeah, your shirt. Yeah, that was crazy. Now, they were not pinned. They were just on your shirt, right? Yeah, they weren't biting me. They weren't doing anything. But it was just at one particular area. For some reason, I don't know if it's water levels, amount of heat, something. They just spawned unbelievably. These fish flies were absolutely everywhere. Oh, those were fish those flies. Those were fish flies. And oh. Every step I took, a cloud of them came up and landed on me. Oh, like they weren't biting me or anything, but I just came. I had to take out my camera and get a shot of it because I was just constantly covered all day. Oh, because we used weird. to get dragonflies, and then if you got a dragonfly that would hang around you all day, they would pick black flies off your face and off your shirt and stuff like that. And if you could get them to hang around you, they were the best friends you'd have because you'd get a reprieve from the black flies. I'll give you a little trick: you catch a dragonfly, you get it in a freezer. Yeah, you got to not damage it, so you got to like get an ice cream bucket when it's against a wall and do that, and put a piece of paper under it. You know? Okay, yeah. Get it in the freezer. It'll knock it out. Yeah. Okay. Then you can tie uh, dental floss around its tail. Really? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, when, and then when you, t- and then when you warm it up, it just comes back to life. That's how they survive the winters, I'm sure. Something like. That. <laughs> this right? is your chiro- <laughs> So then, so then, so then, you've got a dragonfly on a goddamn leash. Now have <laughs> you walk around? You, got you this don't have freezers though in the bush though, would you? Well, back at camp we do. Yeah. No, you, you, you got to think ahead. You got to get your army. So, so now imagine you got seven dragonflies on leashes, fly, flying around you. Yeah. That's an alternative to a bug net. You are your boss, but at that point in time, no yeah. one's messing with you. <laughs> no I would love it. A whole legion of dragonflies. He's got a leash of dragon. Oh. Like he's obviously it's advanced. Like, like a gladiator like Aqu- with all the lions, but you've just got like seven dragonflies on. Oh yeah, like Aquaman <laughs> of the dragonflies, where you can <laughs> control them. That sounds. That actually would be like that is great. We'd talk about pinning them onto a shirt, but I would just pierce it through their unwilling their bodies, you know, and then and then and forcefully make them like just intimidate the black flies. That's what we would do, which was terrible to the drag peaceful dragonfly. Uh, that's no. terrible. But I was a you young man. You I didn't know, know any better. You're you're gonna be honest with me like that. I'll be honest with you. As soon as you tie the dental floss around their waist, they can't fly. <laughs> <laughs> they can't fly at all. It's it's really sad. <laughs> So by the time you get to the seventh one, you're starting to feel really bad. So it's just like walking a dog? You're just getting the ones on the ground? You just have them hanging (laughs) off of you, eh? Just a bunch of dead dragonflies. Just dragging a bunch of dragonflies around. That's when you start calling them dragonflies. Dragonflies. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
wait, wait. What happens when you bring oh. a poet in, boys? Oh, oh darn it. I really missed it. I really missed it. <laughs> That's what I should have done. That's what I should have done. Live my life in regret. That's all right. All right. So, you go. where have you been tree planting? I've planted in every province except the shitty ones. No, no, no. <laughs> Does that <laughs> <laughs> no, I've planted in, in every province from uh, New Brunswick to uh, Alberta. So BC, I mean, I would say as much planting goes on in BC as the entire rest of Canada. And you haven't planted there? And I haven't planted there. Because it's a different ball game. Oh, you're really? kind of doing one or you're doing the other. Uh, there's some similar stuff. But when you get out to the coast, it's like really slanty land. And you, the trees are much bigger and the quality specs are higher. And it, it's just a completely different style. Whereas what I'm doing now, it's like pretty flat land, lower tree price, and just speed. Right, right. It's like an endurance. It's like trying to run a marathon every day. I got eight cents a tree when I did it. Yeah. Eight cents a tree. That was like 20 years ago, though, so like it's a long yeah. time ago. The least I've been paid is seven cents a tree. That's just like, what am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> My boss stole most of it from us again, from uh, playing cards okay, and yeah, yeah. yeah. and then uh, uh, also from uh, being a dick. Uh, those <laughs> are the other two th- ways he stole money from us. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nickel and diamond, I saw the thing, you know. But anyways, it was a good learning experience, and it was, it was a, it should have been a good way to make money if I was with a more reputable company. But yeah, I, 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 what I liked about it is that you really do get to see the world kind of like untouched in a way, like um, even on your way out to the part where we touched it, you know, that we're trying to yeah, fix exactly, it. But yeah. you, you get to be a part of something that you just don't ordinarily get to see. It's cool that you can go, you can be like planting up to the tree line, and then just like take your bags out for a second, walk a few steps into the tree line, and then you're like it's possible that pretty much no one has ever been here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you got there by helicopter access. What know? province was that in? Alberta. Yeah. I've done a lot of that in Alberta, Manitoba. I've done a lot of that too. And you get in like situations where a lot of times, um, like you are, there's always tree planting love, you know, like a romance. Heck yeah, bro. Yeah. There's a lot of that. Right. And I know in my crew, there was only three girls and two of them found romance. <laughs> um, the other one, uh, was, was, aggressively went after me and my bedmate. I'd slept in a single a single bed, like a, a twin, you know? Right. Me and another grown man, football player guy. We uh, <laughs> shared this bed in a hunting cabin. And then at four o'clock in the morning, my watch alarm would go and I had to roll over and whisper in this guy's ear, you know, time to wake up, Mike. Oh my right? gosh. So I did find out that I'm a heterosexual man. <laughs> <laughs> after... Uh, Good to know. After eight weeks of sleeping with another grown man, who was handsome, like there's nothing taken away from this guy. He looked that. like a young Jack Johnson. He oh, was really? oh, oh good looking guy, good looking guy. I had not, I had no reason. I never even made a move on him. Not Jack even Johnson a half a move. and play sports. Yeah, yeah. sounds like a he's cat. a fireman now. He's like a, he's a fireman. Oh yeah, oh, I can geez. see my wife. He's a friend of mine on Facebook. I see my wife going through my Facebook thing, and when his pictures come up, she stays a little longer. She stays yeah. a little longer. I know the kind of guy he is. He's a handsome guy. Yeah. Yeah, Don't actually, you hate those guys though a little bit? Yeah, but he's a nice guy. I mean, That's a guy a like you, you, I mean, you must just hate those guys. Because of my ugliness? <laughs> yeah. You know. I, back in those days, though, I was beautiful. I was like an Adonis. I can see it. Oh, back in those uh, days? I 19, can... what does this be? 1990, uh, probably 94? Oh, yeah. Maybe 92 even. You would have been killing it. Oh, handsome. Yeah. I've never seen a more handsome guy back then. <laughs> but then a lot of uh, hard years have taken all that and just made this. Yeah. I don't take any care of myself. That's okay. That's okay. You know. <laughs> so what, I'm, what I want to say is like you're out there in the middle of the wilderness and you keep doing it. You're making music. Yeah, You've yeah. decided to make music your living, right? Right, exactly. There's no other job. You're not sitting in a cubicle you gotta somewhere. You got to kind of find a balance between it, you know, because planting can give you freedom. That's what it, that's, when you get good, that's what it gives you is time. 
you right. know? So it can give you time to write and it can give you time to, to go on tour. It can give you time to do those kinds of things. But you can't keep doing it forever because the summer is right when you want to yeah, yeah. be doing it. So so I'm pulling back on the tree planting and pulling up on the uh, on the on the music. So we're touring nationally in the summer. It's going to be really exciting. Touring nationally. So we're starting in Edmonton, going to Vancouver. And, and, and when do you do the European the tour? That's in uh, October. Wow. And where are you going then when you go on your tour? Um, late September, we, we're actually starting in Ireland. We do like five dates in Ireland, and then we're going to the UK for 10 days, and then we're taking the ferry to France and going down to Italy and up through Croatia, Germany. And did your manager set this up? Uh, Frankie, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Frankie set all this up, eh? Yeah. So, this, so I don't know, I mean... So you're doing it for free? Uh, well, I mean, it's like typical Frankie. Like, I don't know. You you may not have met Frankie. I don't know if you've I know seen Frankie the from uh, only from YouTube. You've seen the videos. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I, That's a glimpse into the world of Frankie. No. So it's like. We're going on tour, you know, and that's a, in, in, in Europe, and I accept that that's going to happen. But I also know that there might be some. There might be more to it than that. Is he going with you? Heck no. No, no. <laughs> he doesn't even know who I am half the time when I call him. Like, he's not, he's not in the, he's not in the shotgun of the truck. No, does Frankie uh, book where you stay? Usually, yeah. Yeah. And he, he had us stay with uh, his, his, uh, uncle mular on this trip and it was like ridiculous you stayed at his house well he's like you can stay at my you can stay at my uncle mular's place you know so i showed up and i took the key from out from under the flower pot and went in and the guy had a shotgun to mike's head <laughs> mike's a drummer yeah mike's a drummer you see yeah, well, there's mike back there hey, let's hear it for mike you know he came all the way here oh sorry so it's like and i'm like and i'm like dude you know this is what happened we went in and he had a gun to mike's head and he's like who's mike <laughs> so you know he's he's dim you're not getting the best representation i don't think well no but i mean i believe in him and he believes in me right and uh and and, I, and, I, and i've already given him so much money yeah yeah that i don't really have a choice well once you give him the money then it's easy to believe in you exactly that's what i find exactly yeah if you give me a bunch of money i'll believe in you as well <laughs> well i don't know I, come on i'm in a contract <laughs> we, we wrote it we wrote it in pencil oh okay oh, yeah <laughs> So I can't go back on that. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty solid. Yeah, that's more than we have that's here. It's better than my word. All these people are just here due to the fact that I uh, know stories about them I promise not to tell on air. They're <laughs> <laughs> here to make sure you know. Yeah. That's the only reason they're here. That's awesome. So uh, you're in uh, Simcoe tonight, So in, yeah. uh, which is uh, my our big metropolis of Norfolk County, yeah. which we so started. So everybody gets in their time machines. Goes back two goes days back two and come. They can come out to the show. Honestly, We're, I will buy word of mouth. Bring as many people as this show will bring tonight. Anyway, so <laughs> nice, we'll perfect. still try to fill it up as best we can. Perfect. Yeah. perfect. Well, there's also uh, we're we're playing in Toronto on Wednesday night. So if you if your time machine only goes back one day, yeah. Uh, as I've heard, some models only go back one day. They can come and see us in Toronto. And then you're also in Ottawa. Um, and then and then uh, we have Thursday off. Friday we're going to uh, Sudbury. Oh, Sudbury. We're playing the townhouse nice. in Sudbury. Have, Have you been, been there? there before? Yeah, oh yeah. I've never been to Sudbury, no. Oh, Sudbury's killer. Yeah? The girls are getting finkle and the boys are getting stinkle? You know that? <laughs> what is that? Is it, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think I've ever heard that. Sudbury Fancy's Saturday night. Is what? That's Stompin' Tom Connors. That's Stompin' oh, Tom Connors. Stompin' Tom. Well, the guys... Sudbury Saturday night? You, you don't, you're not a Stompin' Tom fan? You guys are too young for me. I don't know these references. <laughs> oh, yeah? I saw Stompin' Tom at Lulu's. I went ape shit for Til the song Tilsonberg. Eh? I had to tell everyone in the crowd that I was uh, uh, brought up on a tobacco farm for that song because I felt it was important that they all knew it. Right? Oh. I think booze had a little There's bit to do with that. There's a lot of tobacco around here. Or yeah. there was. No, there right? still is. They're like flipping it around.
on to wine country? My co-host here is a tobacco farmer. I don't know if you know that. Holy moly. Yeah. Real live tobacco farmer. Yeah, that's what they look like. That's what they look like. Yeah. You never think they'd look like that, but that's what they look like. Right, right here. <laughs> where's All of where's the tail and the bread. devil horns? Eh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, we are quite uh, vilified in the agricultural community down here at Norfolk. Why? Uh, tobacco. It's just it's just uh, bad, oh, a bad all word. The, yeah, right. You know? all the, yeah. They don't like to hear about it. And and for years, the tobacco farmers did pretty well f- financially, and then compared to the other right. uh, commodities, and so therefore they were always. Um, if you're not in this community, you think very you're not you're not as big a supporter of the tobacco farmers as you are here in this community. <laughs> yeah, you know? totally. Like I worked in agriculture for years, and when we'd go outside the area, they would always complain about the tobacco farmers, and I would always be shocked because in the area, everybody I talked to was a tobacco farmer, so they were all really uh, sensitive to the issues that apply to them because right. people like love themselves, you know. Of course. But uh, outside the world, no one gives a, sh- a care because. Uh, oh, nice! You want to clean that? Nice <laughs> clean that, that was a YouTube. That's yeah, that's like, for YouTube. I give your, a care. You're getting ready for the YouTube days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you could switch it up if if it ever goes south. You can always switch it up to kale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will. Yeah, yeah. Sister yeah. loves kale. Actually, well, yeah, it, and uh, I think people are always looking for what they can do to balance it out because I don't think tobacco, you know, for the most part, I don't think people. Uh, see it as a forever crop or whatever do you what do you think well, i know it's getting into it now, so yeah we don't need to get into it We're yeah i hear they're so. doing a lot of wine here now yeah they do wine and uh in they were they put in some fruit trees and stuff like that originally before tobacco moved in we were a big uh we were a wine region and uh also we had peach trees and pear trees and stuff like that but tobacco was such a lucrative crop that right, when it moved yeah. in they pulled out all the fruit and yeah. and put in tobacco i love pears dude honestly <laughs> pears like in a salad what about blue tobacco? Pears, blue cheese, and walnuts. <laughs> Put a little tobacco on Put top. Put a little bit of tobacco in that salad. Little, uh, yeah, it's delicious. On there and away you go. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, nicotine. It's great. Just try it. <laughs> so the last thing I like about you is that I... The last thing you like about me? It's the last thing I like about you. <laughs> okay. The very last thing I like about you was the fact that... I, sorry, I just meant I wanted to talk to you about this. Yeah, yeah. I don't really like it about you, but, um, so is that the fact that you're trying to build something here in today's day and age, there's so much like, you know, in the, in any sort of entertainment business, there's so much to pull from, you know, like that it's hard to differentiate yourself from other people that people will notice you regardless of your talent and regardless of, uh, how accomplished you are, it's still hard for people to notice that talent. And so what do you do to be able to kind of break through all the other voices that are out there right now? Oh, that's a good question. I I see some of what you're doing, like as far as b- those clips that you put on YouTube of your, where you're Frankie, yeah, where you and Frankie, or you're reading fan mail, or yeah. you know where you're doing, like that's we're not just your music. Yeah. Um, I think that's important because you're building a relationship with your, with your audience, and they feel more personally connected to you as a person versus yeah. just uh, whereas back say even 10 years ago people didn't have to do that and not yeah. many people were doing it it's true yeah and they would let their music videos and stuff speak for them right. and but the, the music videos tended to be directed by someone and have a big it wasn't necessarily them you know <laughs> yeah. you had some people like bowie who would, would be making really big statements and stuff like that yeah yeah with their um but you know yeah i, I do think that it's important to to let people you know um see stuff besides just the music because i mean the show is an experience that's that's more than just the music it's there's storytelling there's there's banter there's stuff going on and as much as you want you want the music to just speak for itself uh to, with this particular project i mean me and the music are basically inseparable so 
Yeah, we do little videos and stuff like that. But I mean, to be honest with you, I, I worried about that a lot more when I was living in Toronto and I was like 24, 25. And I was like, okay, I got my music going. How are we going to do this? What is the what is the video that I can put online that's going to break me out and make me a star, you know? And in recent years, I've just realized that the, that's, that's, that's kind of time wasted. Not that I wasted the time, but... That's not how I want to focus my energy. All my energy at the moment is being focused on being the best singer, songwriter, producer that I can be, and performer, live performer. And then, if you're comfortable with the art that you're putting out, then I'm confident that if it's that if it's I can if I can get it to a high enough level, people are going to discover it. You know, if you fall in love with somebody, you're probably going to start telling your friends about that person. You know, yeah. And if you fall in love with a piece of music or 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 with a with a TV show or with a concept. Um, which is what this could be seen as people are going to tell their friends about it. So, you know, you just keep putting it out there. It's, it's like, it's like, it's just like falling in love in so many ways, you know, you don't go out there and be like, I'm going to fall in love tonight. This is going to be the night. I'm definitely going to find the person. Right, you right, just right. go out and be yourself and put out a great vibe and, and you and trust that you're going to find the right person. So that's like, that's like what I'm doing. But instead of looking for one person, I'm looking for has there been a part of your history where you've been challenged by the fact that it, you know you're not it's not been as lucrative as you would hope it would be or because it's not like have you ever questioned your commitment to doing it for a living? Yeah, definitely. I've had several crises of faith for sure. But, and what gets you through it? Um the the, the belief that it's, that it's just I I can't see any reason why I can't do it. You know, it's, right. it's, I don't mean that as a cocky thing to say. I don't think that I'm the most talented person around at all. I think the thing that I have is maybe a bit of a naive belief. I mean, I literally don't see why I can't be a successful musician and why people wouldn't want to buy these records, especially if it keeps getting better and better and if I put focus and hard work into it. And so I think people might see that and be inspired by that to do their own thing. But um, yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I and, and, and did I, you find when you met some of the other people, like when you snuck in backstage and uh, and, and met those that was a huge part acts, then you see them as regular people, and that was absolutely a huge part of it. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Drew from Broken Social Scene, front guy Broken Social Scene, mm-hmm. was a really generous guy. You know, he sat down with me and and um, and we chatted about stuff, and I was just some nineteen-year-old kid who snuck my way in backstage. Right, you right. Know? And uh, and that's when I started to realize, you know, these guys are just are just real genuine people. And then through a roundabout way in the tree planting thing, I actually met uh, Ed Robertson from the Bare Naked Ladies. Not to oh, yeah. sit here and name drop, but I like um, it. It's part of explaining. I'm gonna tag it on my show it's, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's just part of explaining how you know to answer your question. No, no, I know. You know, sitting down with Ed, I mean, it's it's hard to find somebody in Canadian music who has had more success financially or uh, in terms of number of people they've played in front of, or really artistic inter- integrity. I mean, Bernick Ladies have put out some of the best pop songs in Canadian music. And, you know, Ed, just sitting down and talking with him, I was like, this guy's just a regular person who's just doing what he loves, being honest with it, working hard. And he told me all about how they started out in their early days and... <laughs> Of course, there's going to be lucky breaks here and there, but if you're not in the game, then you can't get those lucky breaks. Right. So the whole challenge is to just remain in the game until those those breaks come up. Right, you know, right. And try to get better every single day. So, I mean, maybe I'm naive, but... Why the hell can't you do it? Yeah, why, why can't, can't you? I do it? Exactly. Well, Somebody yeah. can say why I can't do it, then I'll quit. Yeah, Somebody's yeah. like, you can't do it because of this. Yeah, yeah. So far, there's no good reasons. It's the same even with this sh- show. It makes no sense that I do it. 
but I keep doing it every week and then I just like it, you know? Well, that's and the other I keep thing is I just better. love, I just love doing this, you know, and yeah. me and Mike are coming out on tour. We're having a great time doing this. We get to come and chat with you guys and you're, you're telling more people about the music and checking it out. And then every now and then I do get emails or tweets or something like that from people being like, was listening to the song in the car today and it just, you know, I was feeling down and then I thought it, listened to the song. It reminded me of my girlfriend and I guess just thanks for putting that out. And I'm like, those little stories are happening all the time now. It's getting yeah, a little yeah. bigger than 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 what I even know is going on. Yeah, yeah. Which is exciting and Yeah, that's that the thing. gives you motivation. Because you know? for every person that reaches out to you, there's probably a hundred more that don't feel it's their place or they whatever, you know? Have, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know for me, I'm all of all the people I've been fans of, I've probably reached out to almost zero of them, you know, like which yeah, is a terrible exactly. thing to say, you know, now being on the oh, other no, end of it. You just, know? I mean, then, then you just know how it works, you know. But, yeah. I mean, one thing I will say is that it, it, it can be a real challenge in the modern, uh, the modern scene. I mean, you know, we had a guy come up to us after the show the other day, and he was in his 50s, and he had money, for sure. And he was coming up, he was like, you guys are doing great, you're out here doing this thing, and, I, you know, I'm, I'm proud of you guys for, for going out and doing the music industry and stuff. And I was like, thanks so much. He's like, and I really enjoyed the show. I was like, cool, well, would, would you be interested in buying a CD? We have CDs for sale for 10 bucks. And he's like, nah, mom, I'll pass. <laughs> so, like, you know, you came, you didn't even pay into the venue, you saw the show for free, yeah, you yeah. were emotionally affected by it, you really enjoyed it, enough so that you would come up and comment on it. You have money, yeah, yeah. and, and you, you, you don't want to... Like, you know how hard this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You commented on that, and then you don't want to actually turn that in. So I think that that is a, is a prevailing thing in, in entertainment, really, is yeah. that people want it now, and they want it free. Yeah. And, um, so we just got to figure out a way to monetize it, not to become millionaires, but just so that we can Just buy a T-shirt, for heaven's sakes, you know? Just, just buy, buy a T-shirt. You know? 15 bucks for a T-shirt. Everyone likes T-shirts. Totally. You just wear it under your shirt if you don't like it. <laughs> it still counts. Right? It still exactly. counts. You still get the money. Wear it at night. So I I just want to make sure that we can tell people how to find you, Milo. So we can go. The best things go to milomcmahon.com because then I have links to all my social media. Is okay. that what you were gonna say? Yeah, I was uh, gonna say milomcmahon.com, but milomcmahon.com. If we say it a lot of times, like milomcmahon.com, then it's more likely to stick in people's heads. milomcmahon.com, right? And it's got everything you need. M C M A H O N. Right. That's even like. You know what I mean? That's like I spelt it. And so they have no reason not to get it. And plus, they're going to flash it on the screen on YouTube so that we'll oh, be able to see it all. It says that stuff. it right here. Right down there. Right down there. Subscribe like here. <laughs> Click here. This is the time right now. All right. So we got you, Milo. So we, I can't thank you enough for coming in today. We're just going to wrap it up. I want to do one quick word association game with you. Are you okay with it? Oh, man. I've, I'm kind of making it up as I go along, too, so no, I'm going to wing fine. it for the end of the show. I, just, this, I feel like I'm, I miss Sunday Night Improv now that I'm oh. here, so now I get my Sunday It's a night would you improv. rather. This is would you rather, okay? Okay. We'll end it, and then you might want to get your guitar ready. Yeah, I know. So, uh, Where are you going to have Milo? <laughs> all right. So we're going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, give you two scenarios. You say which one you would rather, okay? Would you rather get booed off of stage by a packed house Yeah. or be confronted with, a, say, a grizzly bear tree planting i'd rather get booed off by a full house what about a black bear i i would take on the black bear and then and i've taken on black bears before they're easier right yeah but what do you do with a grizzly nothing right uh no you 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 fall on the ground you take your shovel and put it across your neck and you you put your face down yeah you try it because a grizzly bear will kill you but it might not eat you right away but as a territory thing a grizzly will kill you Oh, so so, so it'll it, only stop when it thinks you're dead. 
So if you can sell that you're dead, the quicker you can sell that, the quicker it might stop. And pooping your pants helps do that, right? Because <laughs> that is t- tends to be a way when you die, you evacuate your bowels. That's, That's a, a good call. I don't know if they've like read that. Maybe they have six cents about that. But. Well, they have good noses. They're a- animals. I would say poop your pants. That's just my okay, thing. I'm adding it in. Poop my pants and fall over. And, uh, the, and the thing about getting booed off the stage is like, look at Dylan. Look at Neil Young. Those guys got booed off the stage more times than... Definitely more times yeah. than I ever have been. Okay, I'm looking forward to getting booed off. That's how I know I'm at least be goddamn doing something. I think it'd be great. I like the wrestling aspect of it. Uh, to be able to go <laughs> yeah, into a place exactly. and get and make the crowd hate you, like really, really go after it. It yeah, to me is that's like a big rush. You know, totally, I'd love to do that someday. Totally. Uh, but they got booed off not because their performances were weak, but just because they weren't playing the material that the people wanted them. To, yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. Play, you know? Yeah, when Radiohead won't play Creep or something like exactly. that, and I got to put with that crap. Yeah. Okay, what smells worse? Um, your hockey bag at the end of uh, a long season of hockey or tree planting romance if you know what I mean this kind of tree planting romance this kind the circle and the stick you know the circle and the stick I was so you know I was so young when I was playing hockey I don't even think I was sweating I'll go with tree planting romance (laughs) (laughs) alright I want to just end it there because tree planting romance I don't even think of a third one so I want to thank everyone for listening. I would like to thank my guest, Milo McMahon, for coming in. Thank my bartender. Woo. Thank Mike for coming in, too. Mike, Mike, the drummer. We never got a chance to introduce. Great guy from uh, Nova Scotia, right, Mike? That's right. Um, thanks for coming in today. Mike. We got Nocturnal Emissions, Mike Bow. I'm Pete Van Dyke. You can reach out to me uh, live from the Dutch Hall at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Dutch Hall on Twitter. Like my page on Facebook, Live from Dutch on Facebook. You, I think I even have, I'm going to get better at doing my Instagram thing. I, I have one, tweet Dutch it, on. Tweet it up, dude. Yeah, it's, I like. I think Twitter's just enough, right? Insta tweet, I don't know. Insta tweet, you can, <laughs> yeah, not, you can yeah, yeah, link them. Link them, dude. <laughs> well, anyways, that's our show for, for this week. Let's everyone, everyone take care of each other and have a good time. Milo, thanks for, com- or Milo, thanks for coming. Uh, I, I knew you were going to do it. I knew you were going to do it. Thanks for having me. Anyways, thank you, and we'll see you all next week. Cheers, buddy. That was great. A lot of fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes they go to red. Hello there, I'm Pete Van Dyke from Live from the Dutch Hall. On this week's episode, we're very lucky to have singer-songwriter Milo McMahon from Montreal, Quebec, coming into the Dutch Hall to talk with us about how to get started in the music business, tree planting, and life in Ireland. Right, life in Ireland. And here he is, singing a song from his album, Big City Hustle, Pretty Dresser, Milo McMahon. Thank you very much. One time in the heart of town, I passed you by, oh no, right by where we used to play, swore I'd seen the light, oh no, and I nearly dropped the phone, but when I saw that honing, I know, I know, you've heard this before, but I nearly dropped the phone. Like 
close my eyes and try to remember what you look like Standing right upon the edge of the sky Oh no, not quite afraid to fall, but afraid to try This week on Live from the Dutch Hall, stay tuned on YouTube. Well done. <laughs> I hate it. Nice, man. That was cool. One more time, one more time. Just roll it, roll it, roll it. Just ready, just look at Milo. Yeah. And then what do I... And then just say, that's next week, all here, Live from the Dutch Hall. Okay. Good luck at Dean. Yeah, don't. You don't want to, anyways. Tell me when I got to say it. Guys. So I'm just looking here. I'm just looking here. He's rocking out to the song. He couldn't help you it. Look good. That's good. Yep. No, just so he can look at you. <laughs> and then I'll say three, two, one. You turn the camera and say that's all next week. Okay. Okay. Rolling. Rolling. Here we go. In three, two, one. That's next week. <laughs> Live with the. <laughs> 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 all right. One more time. I'll look at him. But you're smiling because you just came out of the song. So right. Right. Here we go. Three, two, one. That's next week on Live from the Dutch Hall. Boom. <laughs> 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 uh, I hate when you got a fake. Oh, it's the worst. Uh, that was a wicked thing, man. That was awesome.